You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avtsan on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, this is Rabbi Levi Avtsan, and we are here on this beautiful Tuesday afternoon here in Johannesburg. And as we start the show, I just hope that each and every one of us, that this day should be blessed, that our week should be blessed, that our lives should be blessed, Hashem should bless all of us, Hashem should bless the land of Israel, and Hashem should bless all of humanity, that we should live in peace and tranquility and serenity and in mutual respect all across the world. That's it's not too, too much to ask for. May it be speedily. So as mentioned before the song, there's two words that say so much. But in order for me to really expand on those two words and I would love to hear your thoughts as well let's take a step back there's two kinds of people in this world as the joke goes there's people who split people into two kinds of people and there's people who don't <laughs> now this, okay fine there's two kinds of people and there's they're divided amongst many different ways and pretty much each category, each person that defines and splits the humanity into two groups of people is basically saying group A is successful, group A is a flop. That's pretty much the way that we tend to split. Now, other than the fact that success is a very complex and subtle thing, as we spoke earlier today with Sue Jackson, but let's leave that on the side. There's two kinds of people, people that are successful and people that are not. Okay. Now, how do you define, or rather, what is the recipe to live a successful life? And this is the stage when I start selling myself as a, new, as a self-help guru that's figured it all out. No, sorry, I didn't. <laughs> so where are we going? About 150 years ago, there lived a sage, the name of Shmuel of Lubavitch, who passed away at a relatively young age. Today is his yard site. He passed away at the age of 49. And in many ways, an incredible human being, a revolutionary, an original thinker, a great sage, a holy individual. And he had a statement that went like this, that other people, others, when they're faced with a dilemma, they take the lower road. They go under the problem. They climb under the gate. And if they cannot tackle the problem by going under it, only then do they go above the problem. They jump above it. But I say, says Rabbi Shmuel, lechatchila ariber, that from the beginning... I go high. I don't wait for the other options to fail before I go for the higher option. I go for the higher and maybe more courageous option from the beginning. Now, it seems like a nice, sweet little statement. You might say, what are you going to talk about for an hour on the statement? So let's unpack this. How many of us 
aim for greatness in our own lives. And I'm moving away from the word success, which we had earlier, to the to, to greatness. And greatness not by any other definition than by God's definition. And that is fulfilling our purpose on this world. That's the definition of greatness. As much as possible, fulfilling our purpose in this world. Some of us will resist that greatness and only when it's thrown upon us will we then take it on. In other words, we'll shy away from every opportunity to activate our talents, show our love, show our compassion, make a difference. And it's only when we exhausted all other options and it's almost as if God had to force us into a new spot that we then become activated and start doing our position, start playing our role. I have a friend who recently was sharing with me how he, after many years of trying to you know, use his talents, and this individual is an extremely talented individual by all definitions, clever, creative, an incredible speaker, warm, charismatic, has a lot going for him. But after 10, 15 years in the game, he realized he hasn't really moved anywhere. And he couldn't understand why. He was jumping from job to job, from opportunity to opportunity, and not being able to settle down. And this is a, he's not an unstable individual, a very stable individual. And eventually he went to therapy, sat across the therapist, and slowly started unpacking the patterns in his life. And what became clear to him is that he's self-sabotaging himself over and over and over, self-sabotaging. Literally, as an opportunity comes for him to achieve greatness, there he is being his own worst enemy. You've heard that expression before. When we become our own worst enemy, when we undermine ourselves in a way that nobody else can ever undermine us. And the truth is that the greatest enemy is the self. Nobody holds back our potential the way we do. I mean, yes, there are people out there that maybe try to hold us down. We might have had a history of bullying and being a victim, have a history of being disrespected and not acknowledged, all that. And there's a lot of blame to go around. Each person that's made a failure out of their life, and sorry for just that stark term, but pretty much each person that feels like a failure rather than make a failure, it's a better way of putting it, will have a lot of people to blame. But in truth, we're our own worst enemy. And we, we can be our own best friend. And what this individual understood after sitting hours and hours in therapy, and we, we were talking about this in the past few weeks, He's like, there I was, a guy who considered himself good self-esteem, very talented, but ultimately I was terrified of success, in his words. I have this trigger that goes off. The second I'm facing success, there I will be sabotaging it, destroying it, undermining it, and making sure I don't get there. 
And as he was talking, you know, I, I, I started to reflect. My own life has started just reflecting on the scenario around me, thinking, uh, you know, my original thought was, hey, that's, that's quite an exception. Who self-sabotages? In truth, many of us do. In, you might say, in some way, we all do. We hold ourselves back and we use words like shyness, discomfort. Um, I'm not, I don't know, I'm not talented enough. I'm awkward. Or other words that have entered our lexicon as an excuse for holding back the true potential that we have. And these words, from Rabbi Shmuel, what they're saying is, why only activate yourself after holding yourself back for many years? In other words, why is using your talents and making a difference the last option? Why isn't it the first? Dreaming big. Why is it... Only when dreaming small didn't take me anywhere. Building a great marriage, why is it only after I failed at my first? Becoming a great parent, why is it only after I did not see tremendous success with my first or my second? So many of us are terrified of taking the high road and achieving what we are meant to achieve. And we only get there by almost God's manipulation for us, or when everything else fails. But how about we take a different approach? How about we dream big from the moment that we start dreaming? How about we become aware of our patterns of self-sabotage and hold ourselves back from it and turn it around? Craig is telling me it's time for a song. And the song we chose over here, the Sacapella song from the same group as the previous song, Kol Zimra, another one of my favorite, an English song. It's called A Small Piece of Heaven. Just to give you a little background on the song, it was originally written for a concert about 20 years ago, Has Concert. So the low part of the song, you'll hear them talking about thanking people for coming there tonight, etc. But that's not really the point of the song. It's the chorus. There's a small piece of heaven in everyone's heart because that's really the message of today's show. If we believed in ourselves the way God believes in us, O-M-G. Here on 101.9, Chai FM. You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9, Chai FM. There's a small piece of heaven in everyone's heart, a glorious gift from above. It will sparkle and shine if we each do our part to reach out and touch it with love. That is my favorite chorus of all time. Just ugh, those words by an incredible composer, A.B. Rottenberg from Toronto. Beautiful, beautiful song. This is a small piece of heaven in everyone's heart. Oh, gosh, I'm going to, I'm sorry for repeating the words again and again, but they just, Honestly, anything I'll say in the show, and the truth is I think anything that we can say on this topic um, can be said in those four lines. There's a small piece of heaven in everyone's heart, a glorious gift from above. 
It will sparkle and shine if we each do our part to reach out and touch it with love. Someone told me this morning, he said a statement um, from a, a rabbi. I forgot what, what the rabbi's name was. I think he came here for the Sinai and Daba. And he says, God believes in you. Why don't you return the favor? <laughs> Which is an interesting way of putting it. God believes in each and every one of us tremendously. Each morning we say the Moda Ani, Moda Ani Lefanecha Melech Hevekayim. I thank you, the living and existing God, the eternal God, Shechazarta Vinishmasi Bechemla, that with tremendous compassion you returned my soul to me after going to sleep and my, I gave my soul to you, God. You gave it back to me with compassion, with mercy. And the last two words, the last two words of the first statement we say every morning when we wake up, which in many ways are two of the most empowering thoughts and words that we can ever say, and that is Rabbah Emunasecha. How great is your faith, God? We don't say Rabbah Emunasi. How great is my faith? Rabba emunasecha, how great is your faith, Almighty God? Faith in who? Faith in me. Faith in humanity. Faith in the individual. That God comes every morning and despite the mistakes and the mishaps that we did the day before and we returned our soul to him, God gives us another chance and we wake up in the morning and God says, go do it. I know that you think that you are a failure. I don't see you as a failure. I know you think that because you've made bad decisions in life and maybe your life is not exactly defined as a success. Emunasecha, I believe in you. I know that you have within you enough spirituality, enough infinity to truly transform yourself and transform all those around you. Famous video of an individual in the 80s who comes to Lubavitcher Rebbe and, he's, and he says in Yiddish, Ich hab gekommen da suchen Yiddishkeit. I came here, Rebbe, to find some Judaism. He's telling this to the Rebbe. And the Rebbe takes his finger and points it on this individual on this individual's heart. And he says, why do you have to come here? You could look inside your heart. You'll find more Yiddishkeit in your heart than you'll find here. Ah, unbelievable. A person comes to you I just I, I wanted to, to analyze that story for a second. The person's coming to, without a doubt, the greatest leader of the Jewish leader of the 20th century, who literally transformed the Jewish world, who as of today has 5,000 couples all around the world impacting and transforming the world, Ashlichim, and besides the fact of tens and hundreds of thousands of other families in their own way, keeping on his legacy and the values that he so believed in, literally a person who transformed the Jewish world more than anybody in recent memory. And uh, there comes an individual who, at the face value, I'm not trying to be judgmental, is not religious, not a practicing Orthodox Jew. And he comes to the Rebbe and he's saying, 
I came for Judaism. In other words, I came to you, Rebbe, I came to Brooklyn to meet you, the sage, because you have Judaism. And the Rebbe takes his finger and points it on this individual's heart and says, you don't need to come here. You have enough Judaism in your heart. You have more Judaism in your heart than you'll find here. Literally, each and every one of us has more godliness in ourselves than we'll find in any other person or in any other place. The greatest synagogue is the synagogue in our heart. And the greatest home for God is the home in our heart. And the greatest residence of Hashem is in our heart. In the soul, each and every one of us, in our soul, there is infinity. We were touched by infinity. We were created. When God created Adam, he blew into his nostrils a soul of life. Literally, God blew. And just like when you blow and when you're doing CPR, etc., you're blowing your breath, your innermost Essence, in the words of the Zohar, you breathe your inside, so too, when God blew his breath into Adam, he gave of his very essence of himself, and therefore, in the words of Tanya, each and every one of us has a chelek, eleka, mimal, mamish, literally a portion of the God from above. Mamish, literally, the word mamish, literally, is the most powerful word in Hebrew to to. Bring out the idea that this isn't a theory. It's mamish, mamashus. It's exact. It's real. It's tangible. It's there. But we don't think of ourselves that way. We don't aim high enough. We try to hide from our greatness. We're like that prince, the famous analogy of the prince who's kicked out of the home by his father, the king, and ends up living amongst peasants. And here is a kid who comes from a three-course lunch every single day with a separate knife and a fork for each little piece of food they ate, a whole fancy system and and mannerisms and etiquette and all the wonderful things. And there he's coming to a very primitive group of people eating with their hands, eating potatoes for breakfast, lunch, and supper. And slowly but surely, the prince forgets who he is. And he starts seeing himself as a potato professional. And one day, the king shows up to town to find his son. And the king walks up to the primitive tent that his prince is living in. And the son picks up his eyes and he sees his father. And at that moment, just try to imagine the feelings in that moment when he becomes aware of how low he's fallen based on who he is and how he forgot who he is. He literally forgot what he is. What's the worst thing that you, that, not the worst thing, what's one of the worst things you've ever seen in this world? I'm not talking about atrocities as murders and those kind of things, but an average human life. What's one of the biggest tragedies? One of the biggest tragedies is when you see a talented human being who's never used a talent. 
who's been stifled, whether it was a person who had musical talent but never developed it, artistic talent, oratory talent, a person who has a passion who's never been activated, a person who could have been a great sports individual but never been activated, never got the opportunities. And so much of the charity that goes around the world today is about giving people from underprivileged backgrounds the opportunity to actualize themselves. If not actualizing a talent is so frustrating, imagine what it, how frustrating it could be for us when we don't actualize our lives. How frustrating it is to Hashem, God, when He sees and He knows how much potential we have. He knows what we're capable of. I mean, He he literally formed us. He gave us our personality. He gave us our strengths and weaknesses. He gave us who we are. And there we are walking around with morose faces, with with down lips and saying, I'm so untalented. I have nothing unique about me. Literally, the world could go on without me and it wouldn't make a difference. And you're like, really? Are you kidding me? What do you think? Bringing a child into this world is is, is a joke? You think God put you into this world because he had nothing better what to do that day? We're told that souls in heaven sit there for thousands of years begging God for the opportunity to be born because they appreciate that being a soul in heaven is not the ultimate purpose. The ultimate purpose is struggling with the temptations of the body and still being a spiritual individual. They're aware of the struggles of this world and they want it. And we're told that every soul that comes down here is tremendously happy. And they're tremendously lucky because there's billions of their friends who will never get this chance. So you and I, we're allocated by God one of those souls. And God gave us X amount of years to accomplish our mission. And you really think that God messed up when he came to you. Comes the Rebbe Marash Rab Shmuel and he says, instead of only aiming for greatness when you stop, when you're finished with every other option, aim for greatness at the beginning. Believe in yourself from the beginning. Don't believe in yourself after 20 years of not believing in yourself, of 80, after 80 years of feeling you're a nothing and suddenly you wake up and you realize you're a something. What will it take for us to see ourselves in just a little bit the way our creator sees us? Just try to imagine, okay? Imagine you were an inventor. And you invented the iPhone, okay? The the iPhone X. And imagine tomorrow that the iPhone X developed consciousness. And the iPhone X starts kvetching. Well, you know I'm not a Samsung. And you know that um, I I don't have a a limit, you know, forever shelf life. I mean, in a year's time, I'll be replaced by the new iPhone. And you know that, you know, some people say my camera is not as good as the iPhone 9. I'm not saying that happened, but imagine. Just try to imagine. And suddenly the iPhone X starts uh, malfunctioning because instead of actually doing his job, he's sitting and thinking about himself all day and not necessarily positive thoughts, but self-negative, deprecating thoughts. And you're like, dude, I I just want to use you, man. Like, just 
I just want to use you, my dear phone, and, and, you know, and, and, and WhatsApp my friend and send an email, etc. Just please, just give me an opportunity. And you're like, sorry, right now, I'm figuring out what kind of worthless human, uh, phone I am. And uh, I'll get back to you. There we are, created by the creator of heaven and earth. And we're spending how many hours a day thinking that we're not good enough? Enough for what, God knows, but not good enough? What a waste. This is 101.9, Chai FM. You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9, Chai FM. You're listening to 101.9, Chai FM. This is Rabbi Levi Avzan, and here we are in the crux of the show. Craig over here is giving me the eyes. Craig, am I good? No, no ads right now. Okay, great. Um, and we're talking about, I guess, the idea of truly believing in ourselves, not as the last option, but as the first option. How does the statement go? For the first 20 years, we think everyone's looking at us. The next 20 years, we don't care that everyone's looking at us. And the next 20 years, we realize that nobody was looking at us in the first place. How many of our years of our life and days of our lives are we wasting not actualizing ourselves because of other people's opinions or our own opinions of ourselves? One of the most powerful thoughts I've ever read, although it's not the Parsha of this week, just want to take you back to the, the first family that was ever created, the first family that lived on this planet, and that was uh, far from a functional family, let's put it this way, Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, Adam, Chava, Cain and Hebel. And you all know the story that Cain, Cain killed his brother. In a vicious killing, because at that time murder has not been developed, so the commentaries say he was stabbing him all around the body because he did not know from where does the soul depart the body. So literally he was stabbing him and stabbing him. Just try to imagine the scene. No, don't imagine. Never mind. Okay. Cain was quite a rascal, huh? Yeah, yeah, he killing a quarter of the world's population. I mean, there was four people on the planet right then, and he just knocked out 25%. Nobody's ever come close to that. And God confronts him. The sound of your brother's bloods are screaming from the earth. And at that moment, he becomes aware of the the greatness is a terrible word. The size, the epic failure of his lifetime. He just killed a human being. And God tells him that he's going to become a nomad and Shiva Saim Yukam Kain's after seven generations, revenge will be taken of you. And indeed, seven generations later, his great 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 grandson Lemech kills him. Okay. Now, what does Cain do during those seven generations? As you know, he's, he still has to have children and grandchildren and great grandchildren. Seven generations was quite a few hundred years. What does he do during this time? He goes and gets married. 
and Vayoled Leibain, and he has a child, and he names the child Chanoich, which means education. And then he goes and builds a city, and he names the city Chanoich, education. Comes the Levavacherev and says, Cain did the greatest tragedy that is possible to imagine, but what does he do after the tragedy? Does he lock himself up and see himself as a dispensable piece of garbage for the world? Or does he know that, yes, he will be accountable for the sins he made? However, he must live because as long as he still has a life, he can make a difference for the good. And there he was getting married, building cities, and literally repopulating and rebuilding civilization after the tremendous destruction he brought upon it. And some of the most heartwarming stories of our time are peoples who were part of gangs and part of violence, who turn their back on it. And one day they become aware of the value of life and the dignity, and they redeem themselves. Are they still accountable for their actions? Of course. But that's between them and God. But there are people, so many people, think of the, the, the speeches you've watched. The, the inspiring stories of people who come from tremendously complicated backgrounds of the, that, of mistakes that they made and redeem themselves eventually. And in a much, much less fashion, Lahavdil, much less fashion, think of us. Each and every one of us, when we think of our worst moment, it's quite embarrassing. We've all had those moments that we really hope never surface on YouTube. Amen. <laughs> we, we all have those moments, right? Craig, now you don't have those moments, but most of us do. Those moments that if they made it to YouTube, they could very much derail our lives and uh, really uh, take us to a to bad place. And yet, each and every one of us believes that we could still do something good. Maybe that one relationship went sour, but we can still do something good. L'chatchila Ariberi comes, the Rebbe Maharash Rab Shmuel, and says, stop aiming low if you can aim high. Stop going under the problem and avoiding the problem and closing your eyes from the problem. Walk in, walk above the problem and discover that the problem was just there waiting to be mounted, waiting to be climbed upon and waiting to disappear the second we summited that mountain. There is nothing that we cannot do. Because we were touched by infinity. God created us exactly who we need to be for the exact mission that we need to play in this world. I know this sounds cliche, but God, I've heard it a million times and I still have to tell it to myself another 10 million times because often we forget it. Often we look at our lives and it did not end up daddy, mommy, three children and the picket fence. The American dream, South African dream, whatever dream. There's areas in our life that are complex. And we start thinking of ourselves as dispensable. Unfortunately, the, the number of suicides in our community has gone up and up and up and up. 
And each suicide has its own story, and heaven forbid for me to judge anybody. But at the core of a person taking their own life is, a, is this idea to them that their life the way it is is not worth living anymore. The pain that they live with is not worth living with anymore. That the circumstances they're in is not justify a life. Says who? Says who? God? Rabbi Munasecha, God woke you up this morning. God knows your circumstances. By God, he created them. Everything's by his will and by his providence. And he's saying to each and every one of us, you are worthy. If I didn't think you were worthy for another day, then heaven forbid, we wouldn't wake up this morning. We are worthy of today. Grab it. Grab it. Here on 101.9, Chai FM. You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 High FM. This is Rabbi Levi Avzan. This is 101.9 Chai FM. Wrapping up the show. We started off the show with two words. That from the beginning we should aim high. So my blessing to each and every one of us this week, today, is that for a moment we should glimpse in ourselves the vision of God has of us. Think about this. How many people have said, if only God showed himself to me, then I would, etc., etc., etc. If you had one request right now, while in exile, maybe it should be that God shows you who you are. In Messianic times, God's going to show us who he is. To The way to lead to the Messianic era is when we know that we can do it, that we can bring and, and change the world. And that only happens when we see ourselves the way God sees us, the way our soul sees us. If there's one moment of revelation we could pray for is a moment of revelation where we see ourselves the way God sees it. Not an out-of-body experience, an in-body experience that God shows us, you, Levi, you, Jack, you, Deborah, this is the way I see you. Can you imagine? Can you imagine seeing yourself and glimpsing yourself through the eyes of your maker? Pure majesty. Oh, gosh, that would be incredible. So let's aim high. Let's not settle in our lives for anything less than living the part that we are destined by God. Rabbi Munasecha, God believes in us. God believes in each and every one of us. And I want to f- finish by just commemorating tonight is Yom Hazikaron. And we commemorate the passing of all those soldiers who gave their life on behalf of the Jewish people in Israel and all those who lost people, family members in the terror, terror attacks, all those who were lost in terror attacks. Unfortunately, I personally know of a few people And our heart goes out to each and every one of them. And I just wish that God gives strength and that we can see those heroes the way God sees those heroes.
pure holiness. Each and every one of them who died for their people and for their land is righteous, is with Hashem. Each of the six million that we commemorated last week that were killed in the Holocaust is righteous and with God. And may their memory be a blessing and inspiration that, please God, we don't have to give our lives and we don't have to die for for the nation, but let's live for it. 101.9 Chai FM, this is Rabbi Levi Afton, signing off here on 101.9 Chai FM.